What is up, awesome people of the internet? And welcome to a new edition of Women's Basketball Weekly, your weekly source for all things women's basketball. And y'all, we got a lot to talk about today. This week on the show, Lauren Betts is back. We're going to talk about her return to the court. Lisa Bluter from Iowa got caught saying some, saying some stuff that she probably should not have said, or at least not out loud. Uh, I will get you all caught up with the NCAA games from last week that you all need, need to know about. Uh, we will also preview some games this week that you should look forward to. And we will take a look at the new AP poll that just came out with some very dramatic changes. And for the WNBA, we have some player transactions to let you all know about. And for international basketball, we have a boatload of updates from the Olympic qualifying tournaments that took place all over the world this past week. And that and more on this week's episode of Women's Basketball Weekly. So without further ado, let's get into it. Cue the intro. All right, guys, what an amazing week it was for women's college basketball. If you missed it, here is the update on what happened to some of the top 25 teams. And we, of course, we lead off with South Carolina, the number one team in the country who just continues to show that they are by far the best team in women's college basketball by a long shot. Uh, this week, they had some games. Uh, they had two games this past week. Um, both were games without Camila Cardoso, who was in Brazil, representing her home country um, in the Olympic qualifying tournament. Um, the team was also without Sanaya Ja, who is indefinitely suspended from the team. Uh, even without those players, South Carolina just dominated uh, their game against Mizzou. They won 83-45 to in that game. Um, and then on Sunday, they had what I considered the game of the week um, in terms of legacy. Uh, South Carolina versus UConn. Uh, the Gamecocks shut down. The Huskies, 83-65. Yes, UConn has a lot of players out due to injury, but uh, just the way that South Carolina played in this game and had their feet on the gas in that first half, it just shows that this team, even without Cardoso, is amazing. You have Tahina Pow Pow knocking down three-point shots. You have Raven Johnson controlling the flow of, of, of the game and also grabbing a boatload of rebounds in that game against UConn. And you also have Ashlyn Watkins getting block after block and dominating the paint. All I can say is Don is having her team show up and show out in all of these games. And it is just some phenomenal basketball that we are witnessing. Ohio State is still rocking and rolling um, in the Big Ten. This past week, they defeated Minnesota 71-47 and they beat Michigan State 86-71. Ohio State has won 11 games straight uh, since losing to Michigan in December, and it really has been a resurgence of sorts for this team. Um, and the resurgence started with them uh, buckling down a little bit more defensively. And when it came down to the offense, Ohio State is a very balanced team, and they just improved um, over time uh, with four key players, including J.C. Sheldon, Cody McMahon, Taylor Theory, and Celeste Taylor. And uh, with Ohio State's 12-1 and record in conference play, uh, they do lead the Big, Big Ten, and they are favorites to win the Big Ten tournament. Uh, we'll see how far they make it in the Big Ten or in the NCAA tournament as a whole, but if they continue to play like they're playing, 
it's gonna be tough um, for other teams to go against them. Other games from this week include NC State beating Louisville 77 to 67, and then NC State proceeded to lose to Virginia Tech 72 to 61. Now I'm gonna say this guys, Virginia Tech is looking very, very good right now. They are on a seven game winning streak. Now, if you all remember last year, they did end up uh, ending the season on a winning streak and they ended up winning the ACC tournament and they made it all the way to the final four. Will Virginia Tech be able to do the same thing this year? Time will tell, but I'm curious to see what you all have to say about Virginia Tech's uh, seven game winning streak. And also, do you think this will stay, um, this will continue going into the ACC, ACC tournament? And then of course, um, having a another possible historic run in the NCAA tournament. Other big games that you all should know about included Nyla Harris and Louisville beating Hannah Hodago and Notre Dame 73 to 66. Uh, for near losses, Indiana barely beat Michigan uh, 94 to 91. Syracuse beat Virginia Tech 62 to, 70, uh, to 59. Uh, the Orange also narrowly beat Louisville 73 to 72. Uh, Stanford beat Washington in overtime 63 to, to 59. And K State beat o Oklahoma State 69 to 68. Other notable games this past week include Nebraska showing up and showing out, defeating Iowa 82 to 79. Now, again, this is a game that shows that anybody can get got in women's college basketball at any time. And Nebraska showed up to this game at home. They believe that they can get the dub. They played their butts off for the first three quarters, trying their best to stay relatively close. Um, and then when the fourth quarter started, they switched up their defense, went into a box and one um, with a player keyed in on um, Caitlin Clark. They started getting going a little bit more offensively and started hitting buckets after buckets. And a huge, huge shout out to to Jazz Shelley, who really, really did her thing in this game. Um, she finished with 23 points with some big buckets late in the game, especially with that, with that you can't see me, um, that you can't see me uh, three-pointer that she had as well. Uh, truly, truly amazing job from Jazz Shelley. Now in this game against Nebraska, Caitlin Clark was projected to break the NCAA scoring record. And all she needed was 39 points. She had... 31 points in this game uh, in the first three quarters she scored all 31 points before going cold in the fourth quarter resulting in an Iowa loss now this loss itself was a like there was a lot of things that were a factor to this loss um, it was Caitlin Clark being sick it was Iowa being without Molly Davis who of late has been very good for this team uh, it was Nebraska changing their defense to a box and one on Caitlin and it was the result of Iowa players not being able to hit shots and not playing smart defense. Uh, but I do think from a strategy perspective, it seemed like Lisa Bluter went away from Caitlin as um, an offensive scoring threat. Yes, Caitlin did get some shots up in the fourth quarter, uh, but um, those shots were basically late in the fourth quarter when it seemed like Iowa realized that they were about to lose the game. And then Caitlin was trying to do her, her heroic stuff. Um, but it just didn't work out um, late in the game. But early in that fourth quarter, it was a dramatic, uh, there seemed to be a, a big shift 
um, to how Iowa was playing. Usually they always just play through Caitlin and that's the way it works. But in the fourth quarter, um, Nebraska had that box and one, which yes, was challenging and very good call for, 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 uh, for Nebraska. Um, but, um, even with that being said, it was sort of like Caitlin would pass the ball and try to see if the rest of her teammates could make something happen. Um, and, and it was clear that, the, that her teammates just couldn't do it. Um, and it felt like a strategic decision uh, to change up the focus. Instead of it being Caitlin to score, it's uh, Caitlin to pass and, and sort of see what her teammates can do. When, when you're trying to win a game, that's not necessarily the greatest strategy. Um, and, and Iowa had a pretty pretty big lead going into the fourth quarter. And it uh, dwindled all the way down to the point where, where they lost the game. And, um, you know, while some of y'all may disagree with my take on um, the change in strategy, I do believe that that is the reason why Iowa lost. Yes, there's other factors to it. As, as I mentioned earlier, there's other factors to it. But um, I could be wrong on this. Uh, and if I am, I will totally accept the L um, but I, I truly do believe that uh, that there was a concerted effort to get away from Caitlin scoring in that fourth quarter, um, and 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 trying to get the other teammates to to make some stuff happen. Did Iowa intend to lose? No, they did not intend to lose at all. That wasn't they 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 thought. I believe that Lisa thought that she could win the game with other players making stuff happen offensively, and that's just not the case. Uh, with this Iowa team, yes, other players can 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 do their thing and 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 do well, but um, it was clear that this game really was all about Caitlin Clark for Iowa, and and for them to go to to try to find scoring somewhere else, it it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. Lots of missed shots from Iowa that that ultimately cost them the game, and um, it was a bit too late for Caitlin to to um to try to save the game and win it out in like with seconds left in the fourth quarter. So guys, uh, do you have any thoughts about this game? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below, uh, whether you agree or disagree with my take on this Nebraska versus Iowa game. But with all that being said, I do just want to continue to give a shout out to Nebraska for really having an amazing game plan, especially in that fourth quarter um, and, and beating one of the best teams in the country. So huge shout out to um, Nebraska. Another stunning upset of the week included Oregon State defeating the Colorado Buffaloes, 65-59. Now, this game came down to three things. Defense, defense, and defense. Oregon State made it known early in the game that the Buffs were not going to be able to get looks that they were used to getting uh, because Oregon State was physical on defense. And on offense, Oregon State made some big buckets. In the fourth quarter, Colorado tried to make a run, and they made a really good run. They, they, they had a run of 21-5 to five in the fourth quarter, but that just was not enough for them to seal the deal and, and win this game because they were down so much going into the fourth quarter. Um, Oregon State, if they continue to play defense the way that they did against Colorado, they will be a tough team to beat come tournament time. Lauren Betts is back after missing four games um, to a non-disclosed medical reason. Uh, she joined the team on a Friday in their game against Arizona, where she didn't start, but she did play 27 minutes and had six points, nine rebounds, and four block shots. Now, UCLA, for sure, are happy to have Lauren, Lauren Betts back, especially with them being a bit limited for players. 
uh, Bruin starters, uh, Lena Suntag and Angela Dugalich, uh, missed last week's uh, games due to commitments that they had with their national teams playing in the Olympic qualifying tournaments. Uh, Lauren Betts started in UCLA's game on Sunday against Arizona State, where they won handedly 78-45, and Lauren Betts added an efficient 18 points and 9 rebounds. UCLA is extremely happy to have Lauren Betts back with the team. And if you're wondering, no, we still do not know what the medical issue was that Lauren Betts had, and we may never know. But I very much am happy to have Lauren, Lauren Betts back and healthy. There were a lot of people praying for her, so I am so, so happy that she is doing well. All right. And with that being said, let's get into the AP Top 25 um, for week 15. And yeah, it's week 15. It's crazy. So let's look at this week's top 25 rankings for week 15. All right. So of course we have South Carolina still at the number one spot. Uh, there really is just a huge chasm between South Carolina and just everybody else that, and it's very, over the last several games, it's, it's just been very, very obvious that that is the case. Um, and South Carolina are just, they're just better. They're just absolutely better right now. Um, we also have Ohio State that made their way in the number two spot. They moved up three spots from last week. And um, Ohio State has been playing very well. They're on a um, huge winning streak right now. And they're just playing great basketball. We'll see how this continues. Um, it From looking at the rest of their schedule, it seems likely that they will probably win the rest of their games. Um, at the rate that they're playing, at the at the rate that they're playing offense and defense right now. Uh, but as we know, this number two spot has been strange, I should say. Uh, when teams get there, they don't stay there long. We saw that with UCLA. We saw that with Iowa. We saw that with Colorado. Um, you know, we, we saw that with, uh, with Stanford. Um, you know, it, it's, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but... From from their schedule, I think that Ohio State can stay in that three spot. Um, I don't I don't anticipate them really losing, but as we always say, anybody can get got. And clearly, in this number two spot, that for sure is the case. Anybody at that number two spot can and probably will get got. <laughs> um, for number three, for the number three spot, we have Stanford. Uh, who is just continuing to play play well? Um, they are twenty two and three on the season. We have the Iowa Hawkeyes who went down two spots. Um, I am surprised that they only went down two spots, especially because um, that game against Nebraska. Nebraska um, wasn't a ranked team, and I am surprised that this team only went down two spots. Um, I would have thought that they would have went down at least, you know six <laughs> um based based off of um based off of the, the game against um um nebraska but uh yeah let me know y'all thoughts about about that uh would you have only dropped iowa two spots or would you have dropped them more only because i've seen i feel like i've seen other teams uh drop further um especially for being so high up um from losing to a, a unranked team so let me know y'all's thoughts in the comments uh, we see Texas uh, at number five. Texas is just continuing to roll, roll, roll around in the in the Big Twelve. Uh, we have NC State at number six, K State at number seven. Um, they're they're continuing to find ways to win. 
Uh, Colorado at number eight, they dropped down four four spots, which makes sense uh, because of that game against Oregon State that they had this past week. Uh, we have UCLA at number nine. They stay steady. Uh, we have USC staying steady at number 10. Oregon State moving up six spots because of that Colorado game and just because the Beavers have just been playing very, very well this year. They've been, they've been looking good. We have uh, Virginia Tech that moved up four spots. Um, they had some some pretty some pretty good games this past week. Uh, we have LSU who who uh, are staying steady. Uh, they are twenty one and four on the season, and they may have a new point guard. Question mark? Question mark? Um, watch my previous video about last year Poa. Um, we have Indiana at number 14, 20 and three on the season. Indiana's good, you know. With the Big Ten, it's Ohio. In my mind, it's Ohio State. It's Iowa and it's Indiana. Indiana's a good team. You know, will they make a ton of noise in the in the tournament? We will. We will see. I'm very much interested to see them in the Big Ten tournament and see how they perform both against either Ohio State or Iowa. For UConn, they dropped four spots um, because likely because of that loss against. Um, against South Carolina and and not just the loss but the manner in which they lost. Notre Dame dropped four spots as well um this past week. Um and Gonzaga uh went up two spots. Zags are Zags are good, you know. They're they're a fun team to watch, especially I think the Twins are are super fun to watch. It's it's kind of rare to see Twins on a, on a team together and, and and actually and Twins to actually be good on a team together. Uh, we have Louisville uh, that dropped three spots. Uh, they are 20 and five on the season. Uh, we have Syracuse that is uh, in 19th, 19th spot. They moved up uh, four spots from last week. They just, you know, Big Orange is, is, is making stuff happen. They're making stuff happen. We have Creighton at number 20, Baylor at 21, Utah at 22. Uh, we're just seeing Utah just continue to drop down. Um, they're a very unstable team when they're good they're very good and when they're bad they're very bad uh oklahoma uh went up one spot from last week they are um they are 20 uh they're in the 23rd spot and uh 17 and 6 on the season and then for west virginia uh they are in the 24th spot they dropped down two spots from last week uh and they are 20 and 3 on the season um and princeton they're staying steady at that 25th spot, 18 and three on the season. And in terms of other programs that had some votes, uh, you had UNLV, uh, Fairfield, North Carolina, Duke, St. Joseph's, Nebraska, Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Michigan State. Um, yeah, so those are those are the rankings, guys. Let me know what you all have to have to say about the rankings. I, I will say that I've I've seen I've seen some commentary from from other people that have said like. Why isn't there more SEC teams in the um, in the uh, top twenty five? And yes, as th there are some really good SEC teams. Um, but I just I'm just not quite sure who you take off. There there's definitely other teams that are deserving of of being on this top twenty five. But like who do you, who do you take off? That that's the to me that's the biggest question. That is the absolute biggest question. So if there is a team that you would drop off for another team what would that team be? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Now, there are some big games for you to watch this week, including the following. All these games are in Central. 
All right, so on Wednesday, Nebraska plays Ohio State at 6 p.m. on Peacock. On Thursday, there is a boatload of games, including NC State playing Notre Dame at 5 p.m. Uh, we have South Carolina versus Tennessee at 6 p.m. on ESPN. We have Virginia Tech versus Duke at 7 p.m. on the ACC Network. And we have Michigan versus Iowa at 7 p.m. on Peacock. Now, this will likely be the game that Caitlin Clark hits the uh, hits and exceeds the NCAA scoring record. So this for sure is the game to watch for the week. On Friday, we see Colorado play Utah at 7 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. And we see UCLA play Oregon State at 9 p.m. Uh, no national channel, um, no national TV channel has been announced for that game. And on Sunday, college game day will be in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, as the South Carolina Gamecocks take on the Georgia Bulldogs. The show will begin at 11 o'clock a.m., and tip-off for the game is at noon. Uh, both the pregame and the actual game will be on ABC. So if you are in the area of Columbia, South Carolina, you may want to tune in for that game. You may, may want to show up in person um, for college game day. Uh, but tickets are sold out for this game, so you're going to have to go on the resale market to actually attend this game if you do not already have your tickets. All right, so if you have been paying attention to social media, you probably saw this. Now, as Nebraska's Alexis Markowski uh, was answering a question in the postgame presser, Lisa Bluter is heard saying some stuff that that she did not think would be picked up on a mic. Um, now, why did Lisa say what she said? Well, she was frustrated that Nebraska had their media availability before Iowa had a chance to do theirs. In the Big Ten, the visiting team gets their media availability first due to the team needing to quickly get up and out so that they can begin their trek home. So, so that is why Lisa was upset. And if you're wondering, why did Nebraska do their media availability first? Well, they had they did theirs first because, according to Lincoln, Nebraska reporter Amy Just, uh, Iowa did not show up. She said on X, since we're doing this, Iowa didn't sh show up to postgame until after the Nebraska's court celebration was over. Um, Nebraska's SID told the entire room that this could be disjointed and that Iowa would be given the room when they showed up. Then Lisa Bluter lost her mind. Now, again, this is Amy's words, not mine. Uh, the game went final at 2.09. Nebraska players began their five-minute availability at 2.26. Now, Amy says in a back and forth, um, Amy ended up saying that she believes that Nebraska thought that Iowa did their press availability already. Um, so I will basically just chalk this up to a huge misunderstanding from both um, Nebraska and Iowa's um, perspective. Uh, they both went into it thinking that Nebraska went into it thinking that as they were sort of celebrating on the court after the game, Iowa was doing their availability. And then when Iowa showed up to the room, um, Lisa was upset because Nebraska was already in there doing their presser, um, especially because Iowa had a flight to catch. Now I'm sure 
Lisa, uh, she would have taken back her fiery words, not necessarily the way she said it, um, but, but how loud she said it to, to, to the point where it actually got um, picked up by Mike's. Um, but I get it. You know, she was extremely frustrated by, by how the game turned out um, and how um, Iowa went from a, a very likely victory to, to losing um, in such a manner. So I get it. Um, I, get, I get why she's frustrated. I get why the team is frustrated. The team is sick, it seems like. Uh, Caitlin Clark was for sure sick um, it, it, during her talking, and, and Molly Davis is out for the team. So, like, there's a lot of stuff going on with, with Iowa, and I, I get why there could be some frustration uh, by that game. And, and she, you know, Lisa Bluter just wanted to get her team out of there. Um, and in her mind, uh, their their task of getting out of, out of there was being held up by Nebraska doing their – post-game presser. So I, I get it. But also, um, there was definitely some miscommunication going on um, uh, between both Nebraska and Iowa. Now, Iowa did do their interviews. Uh, Caitlin and Kate Marshall uh, went in there after Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska's players went, were up there. And then Lisa ended up taking questions in the hallway. So the post-game interviews went like this. Um, Nebraska players, well, so the game ends. Nebraska players do their interview their post-game interview uh, about a little bit less than 20 minutes after the game ended. Iowa then did theirs. The Nebraska coach went in to do hers. And then as she was doing her post-game presser, um, Lisa Bluter ended up taking questions in the hallway. All right, guys, that is the story. Lots of people are running uh, with this hot mic thing on social and and. Um, personally, I am not going to hold that against Elisa Bluter. I get it. Emotions were high and she said something very, very loudly and used profanity. And, you know, she'll, she'll probably apologize to Nebraska players. If she hasn't already, she probably has. Um, and she's going to move on. Like it's, to me, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Um, lots of people are, are, are running with it and whatnot. Um, even saying stuff about, you know, getting t-shirts to not be, um, not be like Lisa Bluter or whatever. Like I, all of that, I mean, sure, if you want, if you really want to do that, whatever. But also, like, like, so what? You know, the the emotions of after a game runs wild, and I get it. It's fine. Like, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a big deal uh, to where people are making it into a big deal. All right, let me know what you all think uh, about this whole situation in the comments below. Um, do you think that Lisa Bluter, like, what do you think about what Lisa Bluter said um, and how she said it? All right, so on to the WNBA, and now it's time for some transaction news. All right, let's get into some WNBA transaction news, and we begin with Emma Cannon, who has signed a training camp contract with the Dallas Wings. Last season, she was on the Indiana Fever. We have Morgan Birch, who signed a training camp contract with the Phoenix Mercury. She was included in that in that trade uh, with um, with the Chicago Sky and the Phoenix Mercury that brought Kalia Copper to the Phoenix Mercury, uh, but but she, she still needed to sign some sort of contract with them, so she did sign a training camp contract with the Phoenix Mercury. Um, we have Natasha Mack, also a former Sky player, who signed a training camp contract with the Phoenix Mercury as well. We have Kennedy Carter, who signed a training camp contract with the Chicago Sky. Uh, it's very likely that Kennedy Carter will make a roster spot. Um, she has been balling overseas in China right now, and I am very much looking forward to seeing Kennedy Carter in a Sky uniform. As I always say, I'm not biased for any other team, but the Chicago Sky, and I am I am rooting for for Kennedy's success 
in Chicago because I, I think she's a very, very talented player. In other news, we have Bria Hartley, uh, who has signed a training camp contract with the Las Vegas Aces. We have uh, Kiki Herbert Harrigan, who signed a training camp contract with the Venus Mercury. Um, I've been a big fan of her since, since she was with South Carolina. Uh, so I am very much looking to see, looking forward to having her be back in the WNBA. Uh, Candace Parker has finally announced that she is back in the WNBA. She has signed a contract with the Las Vegas Aces. We have Kaiser Gondrzic, who has signed a training camp contract with the Chicago Sky. And we have um, a boatload of other people. Uh, Stephanie Suarez, who signed a rookie-scale contract with the Dallas Wings. As as, as we know, um, they, they, uh, they drafted her. Uh, but but she didn't play uh, this past season, so they have actually signed a contract with her. Um, we will see what she does this season. Uh, we have Dewana Bonner, who signed a contract with the, the Connected Sun. She has re- made her return back to the team. Um, there was some uh, worry about if she's going to go somewhere else or was she going to stay with, with uh, Connecticut, and um, at least for now, she is still with the Connected Sun. We have... Uh, Alyssa Kunain, who signed a training camp, training camp contract with the Washington Mystics. We have Taylor Soul, who signed a training camp contract with the Minnesota Lynx. Lexi Brown um, signed an extension with the, with the LA Sparks. Um, and and as we see here uh, in that in that in that trade with uh, um, with for Clea Copper, uh, Clea, Clea Copper um, was traded from the sky to the Phoenix Mercury. And the Mercury got exclusive negotiating rights with Morgan Birch. Um, and as we saw earlier, they signed her to a training camp contract. Uh, we also have Michaela Onyewede, who joined the Chicago Sky from the Phoenix Mercury, and Brianna Turner, who joined the Chicago Sky from the Phoenix Mercury. So those were the transactions from this past week that you all need to know about. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below on um, yeah what you what you all think about these some of these players. Um, are you surprised that, that Candace Parker is back in the WNBA or did you just think it was a matter of time? Um, I think after this season, Candace Parker retires, but we'll see what happens from here. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but let me know you all's thoughts about where people are going. Also, let me know your thoughts of who you think will be at the bottom, the last four teams of the WNBA next season. Who will they be? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. All right, let's talk about the Olympics. Uh, the 2024 Olympic teams are now solidified uh, and heading to France for the 2024 Olympics will be Australia, Belgium, Canada, China, France, Germany, Japan, Nigeria, Puerto Rico, Serbia, Spain, and the United States. The United States and France already had, a, had automatic spots in the Olympics, uh, but for the remainder of the 10 teams, uh, that was determined by the Olympic qualifying tournaments. There were four uh, Olympic qualifying tournaments that were held throughout the world last week. Um, so there was one in China that featured Puerto Rico, China, New Zealand, and France. Uh, there was another one in Belgium that featured Senegal, the United States, Belgium, and Nigeria. There was one in Brazil that featured Brazil, Germany, Serbia, and Australia. And the final one was in Hungary that featured Spain, Hungary, Canada, and Japan. Now, for, for women's, women's college basketball fans, you may remember that Camila Cardoso left South Carolina um, for, for a couple of games so she could play in this tournament for Brazil. Uh, but unfortunately for her and um, Brazil's national team, they failed to win any of their three games um, and as a result will not be in the Olympics. 
But individually for Camila Cardoso herself, um, she really had an amazing showing and really showed people that she is pro ready. She's ready for the WNBA right now. She finished averaging 15.3 points a game and 11 rebounds. And she also led the tournament in efficiency with 20.7. Now, for a little bit of drama, uh, Camila Cardoso was ejected in the Germany-Brazil game after pushing Satu Sabali um, after a play. Um, and this happened in the last two minutes. And in my opinion, Camila Cardoso getting ejected cost her team the game. Because at the time, Brazil was actually winning um, when, that, when that occurred. They were winning 67 to 63. And Brazil, in order to qualify for the tournament, they just needed to win this one game against Brazil by eight points. That's what they needed to do to actually qualify. And they were close to doing it until uh, Camila Cardoso um, was out of the game. And it was basically game over from there. Um, Brazil scored and won, ended up winning the game and making it to the Olympics from, as a result. For, for Germany, this uh, really was a historic game for them. Um, that leads them, that led them to the first time that Germany has qualified for the Olympics for women's basketball. So shout out to Germany. That's kind of cool that they made history uh, yesterday by qualifying. Um, now for the U.S., they won all three of their games, uh, even though they didn't need to, because again, uh, they were already qualified for the Olympics. But this really, what I saw this being, it was a, a, ch a chance to really see what some of the players had to offer. So my question to you all is, did you all watch any of the tournament games? Uh, let me know what you all thought about the tournament in your comments below. And also, do you have any early predictions for the Olympics? I think it's obvious that the that Team USA will win the gold, but, you know, do you disagree? Do you agree? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching this week's episode of Women's Basketball Weekly. Um, I really do appreciate it, y'all. We do have... Um, yeah, we're, we're just sort of chugging along um, with a little bit over 8,000 subscribers to the channel right now. And I'm so, so grateful for everybody who has subscribed. If you have not subscribed, we are on our road to 10,000 subscribers. And the goal is to hit that before we get into March Madness. Is that goal reasonable? I don't know. We'll see. But if you have not subscribed to the channel, please make sure to do so. Um, because, uh, yeah, it, it allows the YouTube algorithm to know that you're interested and you're, you'll be more likely to see my content in the future. All right, guys, uh, if you haven't hit that like button already, please hit that like button. And until next time, guys, bye-bye.